Take a look at any news site these days, and you'll find an abundance of think pieces with what work could look like in the title. While none of us have a functional crystal ball, there are plenty of valid questions that companies should be asking themselves as they move forward. Today in the Workday podcast, it's part two of our series with Don Sheriffin, head of people at Slack, and we're talking about the future of work. Thanks for joining us again, Don. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So in our last episode, we talked a little more around engaging the remote workforce, and we were thinking more about the initial effects of COVID. And so let's shift gears now into what we'd like to call the new world of work. And it's interesting that that phrase has been such a a buzzword in the past. It comes up every few months. But it really is true now, and and things have changed so quickly. So first off, to to get the conversation going, what are some of the changes that were, I'll put quotes around this, someday in the future, that have been advanced so quickly by global events? Okay, so this is where I get really excited. We have leapt forward five to 10 years, and I do think all the trends that we as HR people professionals business professionals have been hearing about for years are now here. The future of work is distributed. The future of work is more transparent. The future of work is flexible. There's no going back to what was. There is only the future and the new normal. And we have this unique opportunity to define that future. When I reflect back on, especially in Silicon Valley, heck, even in my own mirror, the pace and intensity in which people were working, traveling, socializing, I know that things were out of balance. So what if you can save two hours a day in your commute? What if your morning doesn't start in the armpit of someone crammed next to you on the BART train? By the way, I'm perfectly armpit height. (laughs) What, What if you could take a break in the day to go for a walk or your kid's school? I think this just creates a, an amazing opportunity for spaciousness and balance in our lives that I think leads to more creative thinking and more innovation, greater compassion for ourselves and others, and deeper connection to our communities. And to me, that is good for the bottom line of business. So distribution, transparency, and flexibility, they're here. Sure. It's really interesting because I'm sure that each company and person will have to figure that out on their own. And there are definitely some changes from this time that I would like to keep and some that I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I crave that focused time in the office and I crave that interaction with coworkers, but you, you hit the nail on the head with some of the balance. So that kind of plays into our next question here that we've all been adapting to try to keep our productivity up and, and balance life and work. Although I don't think balance Life and work is the phrase that's going to work anymore. Those lines have thoroughly blurred. But which of those adaptations do you think might stick as we move forward? Yeah, such a good question. I think blurriness of life and work is part of whatever this new normal is going to be. And I I do think balance can be a challenging word because people think, well, balance means 50-50. And that's not necessarily what that means. It means the ability, I think, to hold your ground and hold your upward stance when things are moving and rocking underneath you. And so I think that if we want balance and spaciousness that many people crave, that I know I crave, those lines naturally have to blur. 
And what that means is I think we need to be clear in our expectations of ourselves and others, including the boundaries we're setting up so we don't end up being online for 12 hours a day. We need our managers and our leadership to be clear on purpose and priorities so we're spending our time on the most important things. So the things that I think are really going to stick are things like flexible work arrangement, distributed work, and an increase in the tools and technology that support that. I know I'm biased, but I honestly think that Slack is the best tool out there for future-focused work. I cannot imagine not working on Slack at a future company. You know, we even did an integration with Workday where everything is just done on the Slack platform. If I want to request PTO or approve PTO, or I want to look at who reports to who, I can do that all from the Slack platform. So those integrations, that tightness in technology, I think is going to be one that's going to stick more because I think people are going to be using more tools and technologies that support these balanced lives that we're trying to build and lead. So I think Slack, yes, I'm biased, but it would be a factor actually in any future job that I had considered, not just for my preference, but in doing the HR and people focused work that I'm called to do. I think it leads to the transparency, the culture building, all of that stuff that we want to do as HR leaders and professionals. Right. And, you know, you're still hiring during this time and, and not every company is. Let's talk about the new employee experience. Now, how different is that, that you can't go into an office on your first day and meet people and see people's faces? Let's talk about the new employee experience, how that's changed and, and how you're going about onboarding. Yeah, you know, it's changed so much and so little at the same time. It feels like that could be applied to so many things in this COVID world. Mm-hmm. But we moved all of our recruiting, all of our onboarding to be virtual. We actually just published a great blog post about it if folks would like specifics. But we are still incredibly focused on identifying, hiring, and onboarding people with care, introducing them and rooting them in cultural values, and getting them productive quickly. People want to know about the communities they've joined, begin to feel part of it, and make impact quickly as possible when they join a new company. One thing that we recently did, all distributed, that was really just a catalyzing event for us as a company, is when everyone went remote... Our inbound requests, our customer experience team, the tickets shot through the roof. And so what we did was put out a call to the company and say, hey, people want to know how to use our tool. People want to know how to use Slack. Nobody knows how to use this tool better than people within the, within, I was going to say within these walls, but we're not even within the walls <laughs> right. anymore, uh, within this virtual workspace that we have. And so we had hundreds of employees volunteer to meet and talk with customers. I had the good fortune of talking to a few nonprofits, someone in Austria, and just talking through how you use this product and what that looks like. Remembering that for us, our customers are first, our customers are everything, is a great employee galvanizing moment. Something I'm really proud of that we did. Yeah, what a great way to to bring people together around what your product is. I know that's staying connected to what you actually do is so powerful, especially in a time like this. That's a that's a great idea. And I'm sure the customers found that impactful, that it was people talking to them that aren't even customer service. That's that is really fantastic. Yeah. And our employees were nervous. They they would say, and you know, I feel this way sometimes too, like, I don't know how to sell Slack. I don't know what to say. 
And it was like, we're not here to sell anything. We're sure. just here to help people figure out how to work during this time. And you know how to do that. And to be able to tell people you can empower, like you have a purpose to, I don't want to get too like spiritual. We're still talking about software technology, <laughs> but you have a purpose to help people to make their lives a little bit more pleasant, more productive. And you know how to do this. That gave someone like, oh, okay, I can be helpful. And I think during a crisis, people want to help. So what do you think the workplace could look like in the future? What parts will we recognize and what could never be the same? You know, I think the modern office will hold more intention with its design purpose and place in the broader community. I don't think we'll just come into the office every day because that's what's expected or that's what our parents did. It'll become an intentional gathering center for celebration, joy, connection, milestones, deep brainstorming as a group. I think we will see the decline of the open office concept, maybe the return of the cubicle, hopefully other colors, just right. beige. <laughs> Personally, really viewing this time as the universe rebooting itself. Not to sound too out there, but it's a time where we get to redefine what we truly value and prioritize, what we want for ourselves, our businesses, and our communities. That doesn't mean we get everything we had before or the way that it was before, but it is a chance to say what really matters to us what we want to build after the slowing down of the planet. And I just want to say that I recognize this is an incredibly privileged view that I'm allowed to hold. Not everyone's job can be done in a new way or feel like they have had the time to think about things in a new way. Hence my comment in a previous podcast about putting on your own oxygen mask first. I know many wonderful people leaders out there who are navigating massive layoffs and multiple employee deaths. And if that's you, I just want to say I see you, and it's hard for many of us right now. I want to express a deep gratitude for those that continue to show up every day in service to others. Thank you to the essential workers that are out there on the front lines so I can have the opportunity and privilege to work remotely and to think about and talk about things like this with you. Thank you. Absolutely. So finally, let's talk a little bit about the return to work. As we're here in mid-May, many companies are considering the return, and it obviously varies across the globe depending on what's happening in the, in the country that the company is in. But what's some advice that you would give to HR leaders as they plan for the return to work? And two parts to this question, what types of questions are you asking yourself? And what measures do you anticipate putting into place as people return to the office? I think this is a really challenging question. And I know many of us are thinking about this because of two things. One, I think the COVID virus will continue to come in waves. So the first thing I would say is we always look to that North Star, health and safety of our employees first. The questions that I would be asking myself as a HR leader are things like, what does getting in the office do and serve the business? There is a natural tendency to want to go back to what was so making sure that we really have a goal, not just to get back to a sense of normalcy, although there is value in that too. But there was a report in our local paper, The Chronicle, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, who knows, time has no meaning anymore. But, <laughs> but this idea that people aren't going to take public transportation anymore. 70% of our employees take public transportation. If they're going to go commute, 
is it better for them to spend two to three hours working at home or to come into the office? So the first thing I would say is just, what is your purpose of reopening the office? The second thing I would say is making sure that you know how you're going to set up the office, six feet distance, elevator distancing rules, again, Silicon Valley privilege, but food and beverage services. What does that look like? Will you use conference rooms? Will you deep clean your space every night? What happens when you go back to the office and someone tests positive and they've been in the office? Do you shut it back down? How do you notify? Do you do contract tracing? All of that. So there's a lot of complexity to returning to the office. And I think it's probably going to be in waves. I also think it's really important to think as a step up and a gradated solution. So it's not 0% in the office to 100%. What does that capacity look like? We're modeling anywhere between 11 to 20% of folks in the office based on spacing and health and safety regulations. So I would say that's, you know, kind of how I'm thinking about that. So, you know, and some of the things we're talking about with our employees are things like, what would allow you to feel safe to come back to the office? What would support would you need for your, for your families to be successful and productive in coming back to the office? Would you be comfortable with us taking your temperature? Would you be comfortable reporting to us if you have symptoms? A lot of those things that border on health and safety, but also a fine line with privacy. And so really trying to balance that and hearing from our employees about what they're prioritizing and what their needs are during this period of time. For sure. And I think it'll be interesting, again, and it'll highlight the importance of agility and flexibility because things are changing so fast and they're for sure going to continue to change. Absolutely. And I think that's what's going to be really important for us as leaders is to make sure we don't hold on too tightly on what we think the outcome or what the final solution is going to be. One of my favorite definitions of intelligence is the ability to hold two conflicting opinions at the same time. So there's the opinion that we should go back to the office, that we want back to the new normal, and also that knowledge that there's never going to be back to what it was. And so this idea of truly thinking about where you want to go strategically for your business, and then that ability to adapt, bob and weave to kind of get there through what the universe basically just is going to throw at us over the next 12 to 18 months. For sure. Thank you again. This has been so great. And it's been great to have you on the podcast again. Thanks so much for having me. Is there like a sandwich card? If I come again, do I get a free podcast? Like how many times? Loyalty card. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just need to, I miss those. We got to go somewhere (laughs) for it. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. This has been the Workday Podcast with Don Sheriffin from Slack. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm Jeremiah Barba and thanks for listening.